you have a Bible, why don't you go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, we're going to start there. We'll also go to Joshua chapter 1. So 2 Corinthians 13 and Joshua chapter 1. And then we're going to end in Matthew 28. I know that's a lot of, lot of Bible scriptures thrown at you, but it'll, you'll have time and it'll, it'll come uh, up as well. And so this morning, if you are just joining us, welcome. You're more than welcome to be here with us. We, we've been on a, a little bit of a series over the last three or four weeks, which we're going to wrap up this morning. I'll give you the shortest recap in history, but it'll be, it'll be fine. And this series is, being, is called God Is. Everyone say God Is. God is. He's something. And uh, we've just been looking at who God actually is, but specifically around God's position toward us. We've been talking about, you know, this year, all of your dreams and all of your plans and the things that you want to achieve and the willpower that it's going to need and, the, and kind of your tenacity to get things done. You could focus on that. You could focus on what you may be able to achieve. But better, better than that, we need to focus on who God is. And what he's doing in our lives and how he may be equipping us. And so if you're still on a journey today towards Christ or discovering Jesus, maybe you don't have a relationship with him. I pray that this will be a help to you. But we've been looking at just how interested and how involved is God in, in our lives? What is his position towards me this year in, uh, in 2020? Because there are times, and maybe you'll face this this year, where it may not feel like God is near. Where it may not feel like He's interested much in, in your life. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's really important that we got to follow the truth, not our feelings. All right? How many know that feelings can lie, but the truth never changes? And there's some truth that we need to hear about God's position toward us this year. Because his position, his posture toward us is multifaceted. And there are several ways that God will engage himself over your life in 2020. And we've been looking at some of these over this past month. We've been looking at the writings of the Apostle Paul, who throughout his letters in the New Testament, he uh, identifies or describes four ways that God positions himself toward us. And so, real quick recap. Number one. Uh, let me make sure this is going. Number one, God is in you. If you are a believer this morning, God is in you. Paul said it was Christ in him, which was the hope of glory. We were reminded that Christ resides in us for our own sake, for my healing, for my salvation, for the grace that I need. But then in week two, we discovered that not only is Christ in us, but he's also on us. And he's in us for my sake, for your sake, but he's upon us for the sake of others. He's in you for you. He's upon you for other people. He's in you for your own salvation. He's upon you for the salvation of others that he can move, move through you. Last week, week three, we read again from our Romans, the writings of Paul, where he said, if God is for us, who can be against us? We looked at the power of perspective, of understanding. Wow, we have the backing of heaven on our side. By the way, you can listen to all of those messages uh, at our podcast, our weekly podcast, which you can find in iTunes. The link for that is uh, in our email update as well. If you're not signed up for that, go to our website. You can find our podcast uh, however you find podcasts. And so we have been looking. 
about how God is in you, He's on you, He's for you. And this morning I want to just discover a little bit more about how He is going to be with us uh, this, this year uh, in 2020. He's in, on, for, and He's with you. We have His glory in us. We have His empowerment upon us. We have His support for us. And we have His presence with us. And that's some real good news. And I want you to be convinced of this this morning. All right, let's jump into week number four, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. If you're there, say, yippee. yippee. All right, it'll come up on the screen as well. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13. Again, we're reading the words of Paul, who is just here in the last chapter of 2 Corinthians verse 11. And Paul is kind of signing things off. This letter to the Corinthian church, he's He's kind of summarizing it up. He says, finally, brethren, farewell. Be com become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. He goes on to say, greet one another with a holy kiss. Why don't you turn to the person? No, let's not do that. <laughs> All the saints greet you, he says, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Father, I thank you for the moment that we have, the moments that we have this morning. Lord, as some of us are preparing to go into our week, God, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for the ministry. I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. It's only you who can unlock hearts and transform us from the inside out. Thanks, God, that you're not interested in our outward appearance, but you are in what's going on in the inside. So today, come challenge us and stir us where we need to be challenged and stirred. And change us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite uh, movies is the comedy Home Alone. Uh, and we've been watching this kind of most Christmases. It's compulsory viewing in our house. It certainly was a few few years ago and if you haven't seen it it's the story of an eight-year-old boy who gets left accidentally at home alone while his family from the United States they travel to France on holiday and he gets himself into all sorts of trouble while they're away it's a, a movie that uh, has a couple of sequels as well which are pretty funny too but but uh but being left alone is not that great, right? It's not that, that much fun unless you're a mum of lots of small children. Then being left alone is, is bliss, right, mums? Like, please, please leave me alone. Just a little, a little bit more. But, um, you know, for me, I don't like being necessarily on my own for too long. When Caroline's gone away for the night somewhere, I usually start off going, yeah, I'm going to watch a war movie without the headphones. I'm going to sit in bed and eat chips and, and just have the whole place to myself. It's going to be awesome. And then by 9 o'clock, I'm like, oh, it's not that great. And, and then 9.15, I'm, I'm kind of like, all by myself, don't want to be. And it's just kind of, man, I feel depressed and kind of longing for, for people. And Mother, Mother Teresa, she, she said this. She says about, about loneliness, the most terrible poverty is loneliness. And the feeling of being unloved. No one really wants to be alone by, by themselves in that sense. No one wants to feel abandoned or, or be without help. And, and so we have this, this great promise to those who put their trust in God that we have this companion in Christ. 
that God is with us, that, that Jesus is, is with us. We know He's in me, and He's upon me, and He's for me, but wow, He's, he's also, he's also going to be with me. In, in the book of Isaiah, don't, don't turn there, it's chapter 7, I think, one of the great prophetic words speaking about the Messiah to come, the prophet declared that the God Himself would give the world a sign. This is Isaiah 7:14. He said, that "A virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel." And if you look at the name Emmanuel, it, 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 actually, it actually means God is with us. God is God who is up there is now coming down here, and He's going to be among us. He's going to be He's going to be with us. That, that, that word literally means that. And Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 13 that the peace of God will be with you. In fact, in verse 14, if you can see this, he, he basically describes the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being with us. He says the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, or the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be with us all. And we can't really say it any plainer than that. God, friends, is with us. He's not left you alone to your own devices. He's not taken like a leave of absence somewhere in the solar system. He's not left us in search of another civilization in the universe. But He is here in your life, right here, right now. He's present. He's in attendance. He's available. He's close. He's ready. And He is accessible for you in 2020 because He is with you. He's with you. He is with you. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible, I think, is Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. And, and that little passage right there is kind of like a great reference to this truth of God with us, the attitude of God, the position of God. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God, you are with me. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know about you, but man, thank God that he's with me, that I am not alone and you are not alone when we face life's uncertainties and challenges. And I can tell you that 2020 is just going to be this wonderful, incredible year with nothing bad's going to happen. But guess what, friend? They'll be lying because there are going to be challenges. There are things that we're going to have to face, stuff that we're going to have to overcome. But thank God for His promise that He's in, on, for, and He's with us. And we could kind of leave it at that. Wow, God's with me. That, that feels kind of good. That's, that's kind, of, kind of comforting. That's, that's a nice thing to maybe have as a parent company. But just listen, I want to tell you that Christ with you is far more than just having a sense of security or comfort when you're alone. It's way, way more than that, in fact. And I just want to open this up a little bit this morning. And if you've got a Bible, go over to Joshua chapter 1. That's in the Old Testament for those who have actually got pages. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And there it is, Joshua chapter 1. And as we read this, I just want to kind of get you guys to understand a fuller definition of what it actually means to have His presence with us. In 2020, Joshua chapter 1, many of you will know the story of Joshua. He's best known as the successor to Moses, as the leader of the Israelites. Anyone heard of Moses? Oh, that guy, he's great. 
And uh, at this point in, uh, in the text, Israel, this nationless nation, have been wandering around the desert for about 40 years, waiting for a good time to enter the promised land. The promised land was an area of land that had been promised the Hebrew people for, for hundreds of years. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. And that doesn't mean he had no parents because he was the son of Nun. <laughs> I say that every time I read that passage. Anyway, it's N-U-N. Moses' assistant, God says to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Joshua 1 verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot, Joshua, will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5 of Joshua 1, I think it is here. Yeah, it is. He says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I, all that to say this, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. That great promise about God's presence with us. As I was with Moses, I will also be with you. And so Joshua, he's entrusted this, with this position of leading this nation into its inheritance, into its promised land. Joshua, I reckon, has been waiting like 40 years plus for this moment, probably his entire life. If you know a little bit about Joshua, he was one of the few surviving Israelites who came out of Egypt and into the Exodus. He was one of the 12 spies who had earlier scouted out the land. He'd given the thumbs up. We can do it. Well, the others gave the thumbs down or at least 10 of them. He'd experienced all the trials and challenges of wandering in the desert. And now he's given this weighty responsibility of being the one, the leader to take Israel into that land. And so on the, on the brink, if you will, of this momentous occasion, Joshua receives these affirming words by God himself that just as God was with Moses, so too would God be with him. And Joshua was not thinking when he hears this promise, oh, thanks God, that's love. that'd be lovely to have you with me. Oh, that's amazing. It wasn't just kind of a nice pep talk, you know, I'll be with you too, Joshua, if you close your eyes real tight and just imagine me with you. Can you see me? No, not quite. It, it, was, it was way more than that because Joshua understood the weightiness of that promise and what it meant to have God with him. The Hebrew word for this phrase, with you, is the word im, I-M, im. And it, and it means to accompany, specifically to go before, to go beside, and to go ahead. It means that God will accompany you. As I was with Moses, so now, Joshua, I will be with you. Joshua had seen firsthand what this accompanying presence looks like. Was it kind of like this kind of nice sort of feeling, I'm with you, I'm with you, oh, are you? Think about how God was with Moses. There was that prison break in Egypt, the largest prison break in history. <laughs> there were the miraculous plagues 
great for the Israel, not so great for the Egyptians. The Hebrews were spared. You know, the Passover, that was pretty good. There was the famous water parting trick. There was manna in the desert. There was a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. There was water coming out from a rock. God with them, God with Moses was more than just some kind of nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. It was more than just looking up to the stars at night and wondering, God, I hope you're here. I hope you're with me somewhere. But it was a real tangible accompanying presence of God himself where God showed up in his life where God broke through and where God did some pretty cool amazing freaky miraculous stuff in his life where God was going before where God was going beside and God was going ahead of him and Joshua when he hears this promise that he would God would be with him just as he was with Moses he wouldn't have been going, oh thanketh thee Lord for these kind words how comforting they are to my soul Joshua would have been thinking well wait a minute you're going to be with me just as you were with Moses this is going to be awesome it's going to be amazing. And that's exactly what it was. If you read the story of, of Joshua, just like Moses, his life was marked by the miraculous intervention of God. Just a few chapters later, the flow of the Jordan River stacking up on, on one side so that the entire nation crossed over. That was God with them. The walls of Jericho falling down as they marched around. God with him. The sun standing still at Gibeon so they could defeat the Amorites. God with them. That's what God with them looked like, as defined by the Bible, present, active, supernatural aid. God with you. God with you. You need convincing? Maybe a little bit more. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. It's hot in here. Matthew 28, I just want to give us a New Testament example of this. We camped a little in the old. Jesus has been raised from the dead. This is Christ with us, Emmanuel. He appears to his disciples. He commissions them. You know the account here at the end of Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. So go into all of the world, make disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Jesus is letting his disciples know of this mission, this mandate that he was sending them out. They get an understanding that he's about to leave them. And they're probably thinking, man, Jesus, what a task. Like, you're about to leave us. You're sending us out into the world without you with this enormous responsibility. You're not going to be here. And then Jesus says to them in verse 20 of Matthew 28, he says, and surely I will be with you. I am with you to the very end of the age. What an incredible promise. They, they'd heard about Moses and how God was with him. They'd read about Joshua and how Joshua was with, where God was with Joshua. And now Jesus, after giving them this great responsibility of going out into the world, finishes up with this promise to them. He says, hey, listen. You've got to know this. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We don't have time, but the Greek word, not the Hebrew, the Greek in the New Testament, which is the original language, that word with you is the word meta, and it literally means the same thing it meant in the Old Testament. 
my accompanying presence before, beside, and between you. Not God all around me in some kind of weird, nebulous kind of a way that I can't quite put my finger on. And is it just my imagination or something else? But God present, God engaged, God able, and God ready to move on my behalf and on your behalf. That is God with you in 2020. And again, if you've read the rest of the story, you'll know that the disciples go out, they are sent out with God with them, and they had God beside them and God ahead of them. They had God's accompanying presence, and signs and wonders followed them wherever they went. The sick were healed, demons were cast out, the dead were raised. Why? Because God was with them. He was with them, just as He was with Moses, Joshua, and the disciples. The great and glorious promise is that not only is He in me, the hope of glory, not only is He upon me, the hope of the world, not only is He for me this year, but He's also with me, His accompanying presence. He's with us. And in that promise is an invitation for you and I to experience Experience the same fullness of His presence in our lives. How many would really appreciate God with us, with you this year? Think about all the things you want to see. Think about all the things God's put on your heart. Think about all the stuff that God is going to do. We need Him, we need him with us. We need Him with us. That God may accompany us, go beside us, go ahead of us. That He may be with us in coming in and our going out. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So or do we have the band? Thanks, guys. <coughs> and so as we walk into this new season, we have some YWAMers here have come from all over the world to set apart some time to dedicate to God. This is the time. Yeah. Those of us here who have dreams and plans and visions for Good things, not just to kind of eke through this life, but to thrive, not just survive. We need God with us. We need God with us. We thank you for his indwelling. We thank you for his resting upon us, his Holy Spirit empowering us to reach others. We thank him for the force of heaven behind us, but we need his presence. We need his presence with us. Our greatest help is knowing it's not just Christ in, on, and for, but He's with me too. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I heard this morning that there was a, an encouraging word uh, given just after the worship, that there were someone here, I couldn't quite hear all of it, but it feels like they're alone. Loneliness. Feel like, man, I just don't have people around me that I need, or I just don't feel the connection to God. You've got to start with understanding the promise of God, whether you feel it or not. You've got to start with standing on the truth of what the Bible actually says. God is with you. And again, not in some kind of nebulous way, with you, accompanying you. Just while every head is bowed and every eye is closed. In fact, why don't we stand this morning? It just feels a little bit more engaged if we could do that. Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to pray. I'm going to cast the net really wide this morning. Include us all in this. Every person who's saying, man, I need God. You're with me this year. With me. Your very presence with me. God, I need your accompanying presence. 
I want to walk in signs and wonders and miracles. I want to see things that not I can't do in my own strength, but you can do through me. I want to not just sense or feel, God, like goosebumps on my arm that you're here, but Lord, I want your empowerment this year. I want to see you moving on my behalf. I want to see, God, things shift, doors open, demons tremble. People bow the knees of their heart for salvation this year through me. If that's you this morning, if you're going, yep, I would like some of that, some of God, God's accompanying presence, just where you are, give me a wave of your hand. and you, Come on. Who needs God with them this year? Who needs God with them this year? Yeah, I do. I do. Thank you, God. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your promise that you have said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You reside upon, in us and upon us. We need your accompanying presence for all that will transpire this year. I thank you, Father. I thank you that we're living in a day like never before. We are stepping into a season that we've never stepped into before. I thank you that there is a new landscape, a new horizon. And I speak that prophetically this morning over many people. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.